Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry What the Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and I cannot even get too deep into this podcast before I tell you about how I am just literally the most embarrassing person alive and how, you know, all those hopes we've had for me, maybe not being single forever, you can throw those hopes right out the door because I... I'm never going to make it in the dating world. You guys, I can't even believe it. I went out this weekend for rooftop drinks in San Francisco. It was my friend Shana's birthday. So, you know, vibes are good. Got all dressed up, wore this red dress, whatever. She was looking great. You can see the fit check on my TikTok. But what happened was, was maybe it was the champagne. Maybe it was the tequila shot. But I decided to attempt to FaceTime this guy that I was talking to on Bumble. I mean, at this point, we did have each other's numbers, so I wasn't doing like a Bumble video chat, but like an actual FaceTime. And did I try one time? No, one time would have been embarrassing, but that's not what I do here. We commit to literally the most embarrassing shit possible. I tried four fucking times. I called this man four times. Why? We had literally been talking for maybe a week at this point. I think I had started talking to him Friday, like last Friday, and I did not hesitate in showing him just how crazy I could be. I am horrified. This man is never going to talk to me again, I'm sure. Like, if he does... I might have to marry him. I don't know what the rules are here, but like, why? Why? And so I did myself a solid that night and I deleted my text messages. And I really appreciate that. The only thing I do remember from the text, because, you know, I just kept calling. So I'm sure at some point he was like, why the fuck are you calling me? You know, I don't know. I just wanted to say hi why? And then so he said to me, he's like, (laughs) he's like, we haven't even gone on a date yet. And you're already FaceTiming. And I was like, well, whose fault is that? I mean, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong on that one because, you know, um, it is his fault that we hadn't gone on a date yet. He's the one who hasn't asked me, but I don't think I'm ever going to get asked again now. Now that's not happening. So all those chances that I had, It's just out the window four times. That is so embarrassing. What did I think was going to happen if he answered the call? What was my strategy going to be from there? Hey, I know you're sober. Can't relate. Would you like to meet my friends that you and I haven't even met together? I'm guessing my thought process was I look good. I put a lot of effort into looking good. I'm at this rooftop bar. There wasn't a lot of men around. And, you know, now I'm like, well, don't waste a fucking outfit if you're not going to, you know, hit on some dude. And so since there was no dudes for me to hit on there, I just decided to go full fucking crazy bitch and FaceTime this guy four times. Now, I think that all life moments have lessons, and so it's important to me to remember the statements I've already made in the past, which are I don't 
normally have my phones out in social situations. Usually I keep my phone away, but I'm a TikTok whore fame monster and I wanted to do a TikTok that night, which by the way, the TikTok's not even that good. It's literally just drunk cheersing and me getting a lime thrown in my face. So it wasn't even that impressive for the hustle that I put out. And look, I'm an embarrassing bitch. I know that about myself. I've been in this scenario, not exactly this one, but just scenario similar several times. I mean, we can revisit the story of Ohio, obviously. And, you know, I just say shit. So I woke up in the morning. I was like, do we think this is salvageable? Do we think I can do this? So here's what I went with. I said, good morning. Sounds like you met Smashly last night. That's so fun for you. I am so sorry. You know, she just thought it would be really fun to FaceTime. And I promise I'm not always like that. That is the truth. I didn't say it would never happen again, because if he does decide to give me a chance, I cannot guarantee that that won't happen again. It's just not my normal go to. It's not my normal situation. So, you know, no one was more surprised than me. But whatever. I must have really liked him. That, that I mean, shouldn't he take it that way? I wouldn't. If a man FaceTimed me like four times, I think I would think he was a creep like most people would. Now, I'm just trying to reform this as what a compliment when I was like having girls night and having drinks. I thought of you. You're welcome. That's not how it that's not how it's going to get taken, though. So anyways, I said, you know, I'm really sorry about that. And I hope I didn't blow my chances. And he said, it was a very interesting late night, LOL. He said, but you're fine. We've all been there. I'm like, have we? Have we? Have we all been there? Have we all gotten back into the dating game, confused, scared, not knowing what to do, and decides that the best option is to fucking FaceTime some random guy four times? Have we all been there? I don't think so. So <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I texted him back and I said, yeah, I um, I did myself a solid last night and I erased all the text messages. So I'm not totally sure what they said, but I'm sure it was fun. And he said, oh, yeah, I have them all. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you could delete those if you wanted to. And then he didn't text me back. So I'm assuming I'm never going to hear from this guy again. But yeah, really fucked that one up and everyone. So uh, if you have a brother or a friend that loves crazy drunk girls who love to FaceTime, please let them know that my dating resume is available. I have um, I have some other redeeming qualities besides being crazy. I also um, I'm a great wedding date companion and I love making friends so I'll probably make friends with your friends. And I think that's a helpful advantage. You know, anyways, I'm horrified. Don't let me out. Don't let me out. Keep me somewhere locked in a cage and just throw the key away. Just throw it away. Throw it away. Um, I feel like this is a horrible transition, but I want to talk about Britney Spears. And I felt like I just talked about being locked in a cage. And our girl, Britney I mean, if you haven't listened to the hashtag free Britney episode that I did with my best friend Eloy, you should definitely listen to that episode because he is a lot smarter than me and he pays a lot more attention and he really breaks it down. So if you need like kind of a catch up on like the conservative ship and all of that, you can listen to that episode. It's super great. So I'm going to give you just kind of like an, a rough go around of what's happening right now. So first of all, 
Britney Spears has finally spoken out. And I was reading this article. This is from Delish.com. And this conservatorship has been going on for 13 years. Can you believe that? 13 years. That is so long. So basically, she hasn't been able to make any decisions about her life. Like she even mentions that she has an IUD in and she can't take it out because like they don't want her to have any more kids. Can you imagine that your life is being controlled literally down to the point of they're not allowing you to have kids? Like that's so crazy. So she finally spoke out. So she addressed Judge Brenda Penny and she acknowledges the public scrutiny around her mental health. She also talks about how a big part of the reason that she didn't talk about this was that she thought she was just going to get made fun of. And she references like Paris Hilton talking about, you know, her kind of abuse and struggle and how like, you know, the public didn't take that really well. So she was nervous that the same thing was going to happen to her, which is so fucked. We have to change that narrative. So she says that I'm not happy. I can't sleep. I'm so angry. It's insane. And I'm depressed. My dad and anyone involved in this conservatorship, including my management, they should be in jail. Um, Agreed. Uh, She said, I truly believe this conservatorship is abusive. She said it was not okay to force me to do anything I don't want to do. So she continued by saying how her ultimate desire is to be able to make basic life decisions on her own, such as going on a car ride with her longtime boyfriend, having another child and all these other things that she's not permitted to do. Like I'm telling you, the kid thing is so freaking crazy. So she's asking for immediate removal from the conservatorship. It is so crazy. So now Okay, so now Britney Spears' dad's attorney gives this, like, message that's such bullshit. So listen to this. Also, before I get into it, important to note, I did not realize this, but so Jamie Spears is Britney Spears' dad, and then Jamie Lynn Spears is Britney's sister, right? And then Jamie Lynn Spears is also married to another man named Jamie. Jamie's not even a common name. Like, how did they all get that. And don't even get me into the weird ships I see with marrying someone who has the same name as your dad. I just I don't want to roll out all Johns for my life because I'm desperately single, but it's going to be a rough patch. I can't. I just I can't. I just feel like there's weirdness there. And now like these people are all so connected what the hell? Who's looking whenever you say Jamie? I know that when I go to a grocery store and I hear the name Ashley, I barely even look now. I'm like, no, nope, probably not me. So I can't imagine having all three of these Jamies. Anyway, so this is Jamie Lynn or <laughs> Jamie Spears's attorney statement. He said, Jamie is not suggesting that he's the perfect dad or that he would like to receive any father of the year award. Like any parent, he doesn't always see eye to eye on what Brittany may want. But Jamie believes in every single decision that he has made has been in her best interest. Now, let me just make this statement. Um, You know, he says, like any parent. Yes. Now, most parents do struggle with making decisions for their kids And, you know, most parents struggle with right and wrong and blah, blah, blah. Now, what's not normal here, what's not a normal parent situation is you, a father, a man, having control over whether your daughter has an IUD in her system. I'm sorry, what? How is that 
a normal parent problem. Yeah, maybe no one really is like out here trying to have their 16 year old daughter get pregnant. Okay, but they're still not shoving an IUD up her vagina and being like, deal with it. Everything makes sense now. Eloy and I talked about this when we discussed the Free Britney. Like, you know, I feel so much worse now that I'm older and knowing like what she went through. And we kind of, you know, laughed at it at the time. Oh, Britney's just off the rails, like whatever. She was literally having her whole life controlled and then had a bad moment caught by the media. Her dad took advantage of it. And now she's stuck. She's been stuck in this for 13 years. She did a Las Vegas residency in that time that they're saying she's unfit to do shit, but she's still performing every night. That's so wild. I'm going to link the article in my show notes so you can check it out a little bit more because there's so much into it. Another part of this is Jamie Lynn Spears, as I mentioned before, weirdo who married her dad's name. I'm sorry. I don't want to offend anyone who's married to someone with their dad's name. You really can't, you know, don't always get to choose who you fall in love with. So I get it. But I just I have questions anyways. okay, so Jamie Lynn decided to go on her Instagram to kind of address this stuff because people have been shitting all over her, obviously, because I don't know the details of it, but it sounds like she for a little bit got some control over the the conspiracy, the conservativeship. And basically, she's never really spoken out about it. So people are like, how are you not having your sister's back like this, basically, you know? So she said, I just want to take a second to address a few things. The only reason I haven't before is because I felt like until my sister is able to speak for herself and say what she felt needed to be said publicly, that wasn't my place or it wasn't the right thing to do. Now that she has very clearly spoken and said what she needed to, I feel like I can follow her lead and say what I need to say. She said she has loved, adored, and supported Brittany since the day she was born. She said, I don't care if she wants to run off to the rainforest and have a gazillion babies in the middle of nowhere, or if she wants to come come back and dominate the world the way she has so many times. I have nothing to gain or nothing to lose either way. The situation does not affect me either way because I am only her sister who is only concerned about her happiness. And then, you know, I watched the video of it and she kind of goes into this thing about like basically saying that she doesn't need Britney's money. She's like, I've been working my whole life. Like, I don't owe you anything. And it was very interesting because she used a lot of I statements when you are trying to kind of apologize or, you know, you're trying to speak out on behalf of someone or be supportive. It's hard when you're only using I statements. Those don't feel very believable. So it feels a little sketch. I mean, everything about this feels extremely sketchy. And I don't know. It's hard for me to fully feel all this anger towards Jamie Lynn because her they share the same dad. So if Britney's been going through all this shit, you have to assume that Jamie Lynn's also kind of got some shit growing up. So I don't really know where I stand on her. Do I feel like she should stand up and have had Britney's back a little bit more? Of course. But we also don't know what's going on behind closed doors in that family. So I'm going to reserve my judgment on her for right now. But I'll be back when I get more information. So Kevin Federline's lawyer kind of spoke out and said that what is best for her, Kevin supports her being able to do that. He said that Kevin feels that the best thing for his children is for their mother to be happy and healthy. I'm like, yeah. I mean, a part of you just has to look at Britney's whole career in a in a different light now, because the way I looked at her was just this absolute icon, queen, untouchable, so impressive, so talented, you know, in all these ways. And now you're seeing it from this completely 
different lens. You know, it's okay. So she had all this all this career. She was the one who was making music. She was the one who was dancing on stage. She was the one that people were in love with. And yet behind the scenes, she had no control over that. I mean, her whole career has been so extremely scrutinized. And then her family's been treating her the same way and not even letting her breathe. Like she has no one. I mean, watching those interviews, like I mentioned in the Free Britney podcast of the way you know, people would just ask her about her sex life. People would, you know, say she was this horrible person, this horrible, you know, role model or whatever. And it was just so insane. She has been through so much and all she wants to do is live her own life. And she can't even choose if she has an IUD or not. I just you have to feel for her and you know, I just think that we all need to be a lot more vigilant about these people that we put on pedestals. I mean, we put celebrities so high up there and, you know, we don't care about commenting on their their weight or their look or their lifestyle choices. Like we don't care about how it's going to affect them. And I think that this Britney movement, this free Britney and understanding what she's really going through, I think it's going to open a lot of our minds and our hearts to kind of the way that we treat people who just have a passion. Hopefully this is an eye opener and we kind of get some some changes around this. So I do have some fun, happy celebrity news to share, too. The free Britney stuff is so hard and heavy and it's a lot. And I really encourage, like I said, I'll link some articles in the show notes, but I really suggest listening to Britney's statements and just really taking it all in because I think it's really important for us to understand what she's been going through. So exciting news from last night's BET Awards. Our girl Cardi B is pregnant with her second child. So she was performing at the awards with um with Offset, her husband, and she came out and she was wearing this gorgeous outfit, highlighted her bump and so excited for her. I love Cardi B. I think she is just such a gift to the world. Honestly, she's so open. She is who she is. She's so unapologetically herself, which is a treat and a half. So I'm super excited for her. And then Kim Kardashian, she announced on her Instagram that Skims is going to be the official USA undergarments and PJs and loungewear for the Tokyo Olympics. So she posted this on her Instagram saying, ever since I was 10 years old, I've heard every single detail about the Olympics from my stepdad. As I would watch the athletes compete, I would grow to understand the dedication, honor, being a part of the Olympics embodied. I've traveled with my stepdad and family to all different cities for the Olympic trials, the Olympics and track meets of Caitlyn Jenner's. And at every stop, I would buy an Olympic T-shirt as a souvenir. When I received the call inviting Skims to be a part of Team USA, every moment I've spent admiring the strength and energy of Olympians from the sidelines became full circle. I am honored to announce that Skims is designing the official USA undergarments, pajamas and loungewear for the athletes this year in Tokyo. And the same pieces will also be available in a capsule collection at skims.com. That is very exciting for her. And look, you know, I'm a Kim K fan. You know, I'm a supporter of the Kardashians. So if you're not just whatever, I don't care. I just think that from a work ethic, from the standpoint of how hard they work and, you know, they're willing to take risks and they're always trying new things and, you know, building their business. This is a very impressive feat. Now, Did I know that the Olympics had their own official underwear? 
I did not know that. Was I expecting that? Not at all. And speaking of careers, I was thinking about, you know, what I wanted to talk about in the question of the week. And, you know, a lot about careers has been coming up for me lately. That's not saying that I'm changing my job at all. It's just kind of I've had different conversations with different people about work and like how much of our lives we spend working. And that's never been this crazy, crazy thought to me growing up because I was so career driven and so passionate about what I wanted to do that it didn't seem weird to spend most of my life doing that. But now that I am adult who does spend most of my life working, I've said it before and I'll say it now again. I am a very strict work life balance bitch. When I first started in radio, I was working three jobs and it was so crazy and I never I had fun. I lived a very fun life at the time because the events I was going to for work were fun. But my life was majority work and I did see some friendships kind of like slip away from me because I was so busy with this job and I just never wanted to do that again. So, you know, I have I, of course, will work overtime when it's super necessary, but I try not to. I don't check my emails on the weekends and, you know, maybe in this time that makes me a shitty worker, but I just think that I have the eight hours a day I spend at work. Those are the eight hours a day I spend at work and I work hard. And, um, you know, that's just the way I kind of like to live my life. And I do, you know, I do think that it's so important for us to find things that we're passionate about and try to do them or incorporate them in our work life. And so I wanted to ask about some career advice, because to me, When I was in college, I was studying communications and I studied all different parts. I did the television classes. I did the writing classes, but I focused most of my time in the radio classes. So I spent a lot of time with our professor, Nate Campbell, and he was such a great professor. And I owe him so much, like basically my whole career, you know, is is thanks to him. And he mentioned this this thing in class one time where he was like, you know, a job can get rid of you at any moment. And this recently got brought up again when I was talking to one of my girlfriends, um, Julie, on the phone. And it was like, hey, you know, a a job can literally just get rid of you at any point and they can lay you off and you would have to restart your whole career. So, you know, the way I take that is that you might as well enjoy the job you're doing. And the second that it becomes more of more of something that's bringing you negative feelings over joy, that's when you start looking for something else. You know, that's when you reevaluate and you're never too old to reinvent yourself. I think that's something I've struggled with the thought of my whole life was, you know, I had this one path that I wanted to be on. And obviously I'm very much not on the path that I thought I would be on. And I was so nervous that, oh my gosh, I'm too old now. I was 25. I was 25 when I was thinking, I'm way too old for a career change. There's no way I'm going to get another job. There's no way I'm going to get a high a higher radio job and I don't know what I'm going to do. And now I'm in marketing. I'm in a completely different field than I was before. And I've been enjoying what I've been learning. You know, I started this podcast. I never thought I would be able to learn how to do all of this editing and promotion and all this stuff. And like, we're here. We did it. So that's just like so exciting. So you're never too old to reinvent yourself. So here's a couple ones that I got from the question of the day. And like I said, if you want to participate in the question of the day for the podcast or question of the week, I can't remember what I called it. Make sure you're following me on Instagram. That's at Ashley Sleek. Ashley with two E's. Sleek with two E's. I don't know how to spell that. Find out what you love to do and go for it. I remember when I was 
trying to find a new job. Actually, I believe this was my friend Vanessa who told me this, who's been on the podcast as well, to list out things. And if it wasn't you, I'm just giving you all the credit to list out things that I really love to do and then see what careers I could make out of it. So I remember I was writing out, you know, planning events, weddings, talking, uh, interviews, you know, and kind of all this stuff and was really trying to place in the job, you know, that I wanted. And by the way, the job I was hired for at Ghirardelli ended up not being the job that I did at all. It was supposed to be a lot more event planning, but I've really come to, you know, appreciate this job and all the things I've learning. So that's another whole different thing. Um, But your own mental health should always be top priority. This is so important because like I mentioned, you spend so much of your day at work. And if your work is making you feel bad, is making you feel like you don't have the time to take a mental health day, or if you're ending every single workday feeling like shit, it's just not the right job for you. In a job interview, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Yes, I feel like this is something else that also does not get said a lot. They're looking for a candidate. You are looking for a job and they're looking for a candidate. So they should be selling that job to you as well. And if you walk into an interview and no one seems very passionate about the job opening, I would just say leave that interview. So I think that should help a little bit with the interview nerves. It's like, okay, don't forget that it's it's like dating. You know, you want that person to like you, but also you have to like them. So I love that. Networking was a big one that I got a few times. And I feel like I did not fully understand and grasp and embrace networking as I've been growing up in my career. And it's something I'm starting to do now because I think it's hard. You know, you meet someone and then maybe you don't talk to them for a little bit and then something comes up and you're like, oh, I feel like this person could have really helped me with this. But now I feel like time's passed too much. And to that, I would say, you know, obviously when you meet someone and you're networking, it's important to try to like stay connected with them. Maybe it's once a month you set aside an an hour or so that you're just kind of catching up with your network people. But I would also say that shoot your shot the way I talked about dating last week on jobs as well and on networking because you never know. I get so excited if somebody asks me for help, especially. okay, so a lot of companies have referral programs. There was one at Chipotle. I think I got like four hundred dollars or something when my friend Shelby started working there. And, you know, so a lot of people are willing to help one because I think that we all a lot of us believe, you know, in supporting each other through the through whatever industry we're in. And two, you can make money off of it. And also like just ego alone, the fact that someone's coming to you for career advice or for help. I mean, people just feel good about it. So don't be afraid to shoot your shot on those connections. A lot of people were saying to listen to podcasts for your career advice. So I wish I had a few recommendations on this right away. So I listened to the Style Your Mind podcast, and that's kind of the closest to a career podcast I listen to right now. And it's more just kind of getting hyped for your career and yourself. And I started listening to it during the breakup when I didn't want to listen to sad music or angry music and I couldn't figure out what to listen to. And I really, really have loved it. So if you have some recommendations for career podcasts, drop them in the comments, either on Instagram, TikTok, um, wherever you're listening to this podcast, share them with your friends. 
It's not about what you know, but who you know. This is a tough one. I know that we all get into it. This is why networking is so important because, you know, that person can help you get that foot in the door. These people for these jobs see hundreds of applications. So anything that you can do to help yourself stand up is so important. Overall, don't forget how important you are when it comes to your job. And if you are not feeling valued and you are not feeling like the job is right for you, listen to your gut and try something new. It's never too late to reinvent. Okay, so let's get into the I'm sorry what moment of the week. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. This was actually my I'm sorry what moment a few weeks ago. That podcast that I did that I kind of like have talked shit on a few times, the one where I like cried a lot and I recorded 15 times. So during that podcast, I talked about this same I'm sorry what moment, but I felt very insecure about it because I was like, is this is this the right thing that I'm saying? I don't want it to come off weird. But then you know what? I was thinking about it again this morning and I just thought, no, this really is an I'm sorry what moment. And this is people who are so passive aggressive with their social media posts. And listen, I lived for Facebook fights growing up. When people would change their relationship status in high school, that was like crack cocaine to me. I just couldn't get enough of it. It was I mean, I'm a I'm a gossip monster. I know that. But now that I I've seen some things that I've thought to myself, OK, clearly you're sending a message through Instagram. I'm sorry. What? Why? Why are you doing that? Especially if you're the intent is for you guys to stay friends. I just have never understood this. You know, like I said, I've seen it recently Obviously, it's not my story to tell, so I'm not going to get into any details. But I saw I knew that this argument had gone down. And then I saw someone post, you know, if this happened weeks ago on their Instagram, something very, you know, something that clearly was directed at this person. I was just thinking, if you're still mad, why would you not pick up the phone and talk to your friend about it? And I'm not going to sit here and act like I've never done it before. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't want to all the time because I'll see shit all the time that I want to repost. And and I'm like, ooh, you know, are they going to know that I'm talking about them? But I just don't because I just don't see the point. The tricky part about that is, is because that people started to do this so often, it has now become a problem. At least I, I've heard it from people who are like me and have a lot of anxiety that they'll see a post and they immediately think it's about them. And that happens to me all the time. I won't even know somebody. I haven't seen somebody in years, nor do I talk to them and they'll post something shady and I immediately just think, was that about me? I don't know them. I don't know their last name. I don't I don't I'm shocked that I even follow this person still. They post something and I'm just thinking, was that about me? And say, I remember when I was doing Ask Ashley back in the day, I would always have to put up some disclaimer that was kind of, you know, this isn't about anybody. And I, I thought about that. That's like what I think I was having such a hard time with when I wanted to talk about this. I'm sorry what moment before was I didn't want everyone to come at me and say, oh, was this about me? Was this about me? No, it's not. I just have seen it so often that I'm exhausted by it. I find it exhausting. I used to find it funny, but I'm, I think, I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm older now because I think that can be annoying. But I just, I just don't get it. You just wasted a whole post 
in hopes that this person's going to see it. Because let me tell you right now, the people that I think would post passive aggressive shit about me, I I muted your ass. I don't have your fucking post. I don't see shit about you. So if you're trying to be passive aggressive towards me, guess what? Mute. A mute button was the best thing that's ever happened to Instagram. I don't want to I don't want to get into the drama of unfollowing you. I just don't want to see your shit. I know people are like, oh, that's such a cop out. Yes, it is. And I'm taking it. So if you're trying to pass post some passive aggressive bullshit about me, if you're not muted, I'm about to mute you. I don't give a fuck. I just I don't get why if you're so upset about something, you wouldn't take the five seconds to think, hey, how's this going to feel? You know, and if you do take that second and you really don't want to ever talk to that person again, if your intention is to never talk to that friend again, sure, post your shit. But if you're going to sit here and post passive aggressive shit and then expect to still be friends, that's a shit I don't understand. Like, talk about your problems. And maybe it's not maybe that post wasn't even about you. Maybe you read into it too deeply. But I just think it's so bizarre I just I just don't get it to me. And I think I just got lucky with friendships as I've gotten older that we just kind of talk about our shit. And I just feel like that is the lowest form of communication. Bitch, say what you feel. Just say it. Say it or don't talk to me anymore. That's just how I feel. Every time I talk about this, I just feel like I'm going to get myself in trouble. And so it makes me not want to talk about it. But I just every time it makes me go, I'm sorry, what? Every time I see it, I just am so confused by it. And as a as a freaking gossip queen, you think I'd live for it. But I just think it's so boring. Bitch, come on. If you're going to if you want to be that petty and you want to entertain us with your petty bullshit, then fight with your friend on the phone and record it and then post that shit to Instagram so we can watch. You know what I mean? I'm just not interested. You should love your friends enough or your family or whoever it is that you're posting passive aggressive shit about to just talk to them in person. And obviously this podcast is me just being passive aggressive and I'm super aware of the hypocrisy of it, but I still just whatever. I don't like it. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and let me know your thoughts. Maybe you love the passive aggressive shit. Maybe I took it too far. I want to hear your thoughts and make sure you hit me up on it. Thank you so much for listening. You know, I am on a bunch of fun new platforms now. I just got on TuneIn Radio. Um, I'm on Amazon, Spotify, Apple. So anywhere you want to listen. It's also there's a new um, player on my There's a new podcast player on my website, so you can also listen there. The website got a little facelift. She's got some new coloring, matching the new cover art. So make sure you check that out. That's AshleySleek.com. And the show notes will also be at AshleySleek.com. And just thank you so much for listening. I know I say this all the time. I just love doing this podcast. I want to do this podcast until I'm on my deathbed. And like, that's, you know, like I want to die with the podcast. You know what I mean? It got morbid. I didn't mean to take it there, but we did. Also, um, you know, my recommendation to you all when you're drinking is to put your phone away. This is a cautionary tale I told you today. Put your phone away. Okay, bye.